65 million years ago, giants ruled the skies. The pterosaurs were flying reptiles that were, for the most part, big. One, the Quetzalcoatlus, had a wingspan of 10 meters and stood as tall as a giraffe, a predatory giraffe, that is. But it turns out that not all of these pterosaurs were massive, thanks to a tiny little fossil found on Hornby Island. And to find out more about that, we're joined by Elizabeth Martin Silverstone, a PhD candidate in paleo or paleontology at the University of Southampton in England. Elizabeth, hello. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. So how big was this fossil uh, pterosaur on Hornby Island? So this guy's pretty small. It had a wingspan of about a meter and a half, so quite a bit smaller than uh, Kipokoalis, as you mentioned. Okay, and what would it have looked like? Uh, It had a kind of abnormally large head. Uh, kind of pointy beak. Uh, Unfortunately, it's only known from a few bones, so we don't know a lot, but based on what we think it was related to, big head, pointy beak, kind of short, squat neck, really all we can say at the moment. And what did the coast look like way back then? Yeah, so the coast was kind of made of an island chain. It had, I think, several kind of volcanoes and lots of sort of rocky island chains, um, just kind of probably not all that different from now, to be perfectly honest. Mm, okay. What, what about the fossil? Why is it significant then? So this one's really cool because, as you said, most of the stuff around then is known to be really big. So at the end of the Cretaceous, pterosaurs were absolutely huge. You get these animals of, you know, 8, 9, 10-meter wingspan. And then there's this one, which is really tiny. And what's really interesting about that is people have thought that smaller pterosaurs had actually been outcompeted by birds, and mm. so they had sort of been forced to be these massive sizes. Mm-hmm. But now we're getting bits and pieces that are showing that, well, actually we did have some small animals around then, so maybe it's not so simple as birds outcompeted small pterosaurs. So how did you get your hands on this fossil? <laughs> so this uh, was actually kind of a convoluted process. Uh, it was found by a collector and volunteer from the Royal BC Museum. Okay. And he donated it to, to the museum. And then it was given to a friend of mine, actually, to work on. Uh, but she isn't a pterosaur worker, so she works on dinosaurs. Uh, and she kind of got distracted by, not distracted, but busy with her own work, and it kind of fell to the wayside. And then just maybe a year and a half ago, she contacted me and said, hey, you work on pterosaurs. Do you want to look at the specimen? And uh, fortunately, the folks at the Royal BC Museum were able to send it over to me in England, which was fantastic. So I got to actually look at the specimen and spend some time with it. And that's kind of how it got to be in my hands. Okay. And, and this is the first confirmed pterosaur fossil from Hornby because the previous discovery ended up being a fish. What hope do you have that more pterosaurs might be found on the West Coast? I think that there's a potential that definitely more could be found. Uh, you know, it's pretty fragmentary, as I said, so it's, who knows how nicely preserved the stuff is going to come out. But there's also mm. some bird fossils, and there are other little bits of dinosaur and that kind of stuff that pop up here and there from Hornby and other islands. I think Denman Island has some as well. So I think that there's definitely the potential that more is going to pop up at some point. What hope do you do you have that the general public will take something away from this? What what should they take away from your research on this on this little pterosaur? I think in general, just take away that you know we don't really know what 
kind of has happened in the past, and I think it's important to to understand what's happened in like kind of on Earth in the past, and therefore, you know, it can help us see what's going to happen in the future. And you know, paleontology, we have new discoveries every day, and I think it's still really important to look into it and and see because we definitely have no idea, you know, what other secrets are out there that we can find. Elizabeth Martin Silverstone is a PhD candidate in paleontology at the University of Southampton in England. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. Great, thank you. It's 26 minutes after 8 on the island. This is CBC Radio 1 for Thursday morning, the first day of September.